How can you measure improvement in long COVID? Find out about this and more in today's PV Roundup podcast. I'm your host, Senior Vice President and Medical Director, Dr. Tim Wright, coming to you once again from the Pioneer Valley in Western Massachusetts. Here are today's stories. Experts have created a core outcome set for long COVID that could serve as a clear and consistent way to measure the impact of this complicated disease. These core outcome measurement instruments are published in the Lancet Respiratory Medicine. After analyzing 594 individuals from 58 countries, consensus was reached for the inclusion of the Modified Medical Research Council Dyspnea Scale for Respiratory Outcomes, Time Until Death for Survival, and the Recovery Scale for COVID-19 for Recovery. Instruments that were suggested for the remaining nine core outcomes included fatigue or exhaustion, pain, post-exertion symptoms, work or occupational and study changes, and cardiovascular, nervous system, cognitive, mental health, and physical outcomes. However, the panel was unable to achieve consensus for instruments for these outcomes. Next, we learned that a study published in the American Journal of Infection Control has shown that patients with community-acquired pneumonia may benefit from first-line doxycycline for the prevention of C. difficile infections. The retrospective analysis of 156,107 hospitalized patients showed a 17% decreased risk of C. difficile with doxycycline compared with erythromycin when used with ceftriaxone for the treatment of pneumonia. In patients who had a prior history of C. difficile, doxycycline decreased the incidence of C. diff by 45%. And finally, your patients with HIV and cancer have a similar risk of immune-related adverse events as patients with cancer who do not have HIV. A retrospective analysis of electronic health records presented at the 38th Annual Meeting of the Society of Immunotherapy of Cancer showed that the incidence of immunorelated adverse events was less than 6% among 844 patients with HIV who had started treatment with semiplumab, nivolumab, pembrolizumab, atezolizumab, avelumab, dervelumab, and ipilimumab. The most common immune-related adverse events included thyroid dysfunction at 5.9%, skin toxicity at 4.25%, immune colitis at 3.04%, and pneumonitis at 1.2%. And that's today's Medical Roundup. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PV Roundup Podcast. For more stories like these, visit us at pvroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. Thoughts, comments, or suggestions? Please leave us a review on your preferred listening platform or email us at editorial at pvroundup.com. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing Medical News Roundup and just ask, what's my Flash Briefing? Thanks today to Gabrielle Mastello for selecting and editing our stories and to Sean Mullins for production assistance. Join me next time for an episode where we cover the latest stories in the world of medicine. 